a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Counseling on Demand. Here's your own private therapist. Anywhere, anytime. Fred Riley. What's up, everybody? Hey, welcome to Counseling on Demand. So today we're gonna get let's get right to it. We're gonna be talking about 12-step programs. And you know, 12-step programs have been around for a very long time, a lot of success with those programs. In fact, uh, my father uh, wrote a 12-step program for, uh, for a specific subgroup, and it's been really helpful. But uh, I wanted to do kind of a rant, actually, on the step, uh, 12-step programs. I think we need to do them a little bit different. I, I don't know all the programs, but uh, as I have worked with clients uh, that uh, – have gone through these 12-step programs, and after talking with a client today, I'm pretty sure that, uh, uh, you know, it's time to kind of rant about it a little bit. So, you know what, uh, if you've written a 12-step program, if you've worked through one and, and to your success, that's awesome. I'm not saying they're entirely not good. Uh, I just uh, have noticed some things that we need to do a little bit different. So we'll talk about that. Again, anybody that goes into a 12-step program, anybody that serves people by uh, providing that type of group therapy, whether it be some type of supporter, advocate, that type of thing, awesome. These are all things that we're doing to improve upon ourselves, and we're overcoming things that uh, you know that uh, oftentimes we don't believe we'll ever overcome. That's good, but we want to make it better. So the idea is, okay, 12-step programs, as helpful as they are, as uh, life-changing as they are, um, we're missing out on a lot of folks that don't get to have that life-changing event. And I think the problems are inherent in those 12-step programs. So the idea of a 12-step program, and, and loosely, right, they're not all exactly the same, but the idea of a 12-step program is, uh, you know, if you, there's this book, I won't mention what it is, but the first chapter talks about these steps towards um, acknowledging that you essentially are powerless. Now, they say, you, you know, we don't mean powerless in a negative way. But they kind of do. So this idea is, you know what, I need a higher power. I need a God. You know what, I have nothing against that, by the way. But the idea is I am nothing without the support of this, uh, of the power um, and uh, assistance of a higher power. And so along with that, this chapter that I was looking at talks about how um, we have a disease. And because of that disease and because we're powerless, okay, we're going to be on a lifelong journey of fighting right? It, by the way, it's not just willpower. They say, okay, you know what? Willpower isn't enough. So what I'm hearing as a therapist, what I'm hearing as a, I visited with my client that is just so distraught this morning, what I'm hearing is that I am supposed to maybe do something with nothing. It doesn't matter how much willpower I have. It doesn't matter how much faith I have. It doesn't matter what skill sets I have. At the end of the day, 
I still need to own at any given time. If somebody asks for my alcoholic uh, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous coin, I need to show them that coin, right? And I need to tell them that I'm still an addict. I'm always an addict. And uh, this is a disease that uh, owns me, even though I've done so good in terms of weight loss or whatever. So we're going to talk about that. That's pretty frustrating. This particular individual I was talking about has succeeded several times in weight loss. But according to this uh, group that she's in, this 12-step program, okay, she, fi- she has this great fear. She came in and she says, I fear a lot. I, I uh, you know, or I do really well. I get to this place of succeeding. I lose a certain amount of weight. And then I kind of sabotage and I, and I become afraid. So I said, tell me a little bit more about your 12-step program. Well, inherent in this program is that if she celebrates the loss of 20 pounds, then she's complacent. She's not relying on God. She's not continuing to assert her willpower that isn't going to be effective anyways. And so it's a, it's a trigger. It's, it's a, a negative thing. It's, it's becoming uh, easily minded. It's, it's, you know, setting herself up potentially to fail. So the idea is she's finding herself saying, okay, will I ever get to that place? I fear that I'll get to that place. I'll think that I'm doing really well. And then somebody will say, you lost that much weight. You know what? According to this idea of an addict, you lost the weight, but you didn't lose uh, your you the you didn't lose the or you don't have the strength to fight these thoughts off. Now, granted, like a food um, you know eating disorder, that's a powerful thing. You know, eating is one of our primary instincts. But the idea is these twelve step pro- programs are saying because of that, you will never have power. You always need to be vigilant. You always need to be on alert and if you think that you're getting power if you think that you're getting ahead you know you're you've got this false sense of of uh progress you have this false sense of success and that could be seen by uh as um you know overconfident super optimistic as as bigger than as you know better than other people so on and so forth well what does that do it feeds right back in to the triggers and conditions that lead to these very behaviors so we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the errors in these 12-step programs again they're not all bad but there's some parts of them that we need to revisit Okay, welcome back to Counseling on Demand. Today we're talking about 12-step programs, and I'm kind of doing a little bit of a rant. And honestly, uh, as I think about it, I'm a little bit on the lighter side. Uh, I've calmed down a little bit since this morning. Uh, If you saw my client this morning and how big her eyes got, uh, I was standing up. I was pretty animated. Uh, You know, this is a young, uh, young woman that's been working really hard. And I've had enough of it. I've had enough of people coming in and and feeling very unsuccessful with a very hard program. Great program. A lot of ch- lives have changed. But there's more people, I think, than not that are kind of getting strangled by this program. In fact, one of the things to think about, if, and uh, as you're, if you're uh, involved in a 12-step program, I'm not, I'm not saying to stop that 12-step program, but if you think about it, and as I thought this morning, a lot of the things in the 12-step programs um, reinforce inherent problems in our behavior. 
some of the reasons why we overeat, some of the reasons why we drink is because we used willpower in the past. We used determination. We went to God, didn't get answers to prayer, right? We've already learned that if we try hard, that we're going to come up short, okay? Well, the program says you need to accept that in order to succeed. So this program, you know, uh, we were able to go with this gal and talk about how this program was asking her to acknowledge this pattern in her life. And so her fear was that she couldn't succeed. Well, the fear part of her, it's right. The fear is saying this is so similar to all the things that we've done in the past. And if I succeed, what does that mean? It means that failure's right around the corner. So those of us that end up in 12-step programs, right, there's going to be depression. There's going to be anxiety. It's not just going to be straight-up addiction. And one of the things that these uh, programs, uh, what they talk about is they talk about uh, your learning in these programs that uh, you have to accept um, this thing that you can't overcome. Well, part of the reason you're drinking or whatever is because you're exhausted, you're tired, you're trying to get away from those things that you can't overcome. You're tired of, of not succeeding. You're tired of working as hard as you're supposed to, you ought to, you should, at work, in a marriage, in life. And despite all that work, you're exhausted. So what do you do? You go towards something to give you relief, video games or whatever it might be, right? So the idea is 12-step program is saying, okay, you're not supposed to go towards those things. That's fine, okay? But the idea is a 12-step program says, even if you get close to accomplishing something, right, you're still supposed to ought to should. You're never. You're not good enough. You're falling short. You're not there for your spouse or what have you. So it feeds right back into this idea that, hey, you know what? Progress is good, but you need to be vigilant all the time. So as I talked to this lady today, we were able to say, boy, this sounds like a conversation you had with your dad and, and with your husband and, and with yourself. And she found herself sitting, reading. She knows this book so well because what she wanted to do was learn from this book over and over and over again to make sure she didn't screw up, right? Why? Because the book is telling her, and 12-step programs say, you need to be alert at all times. Um, If you progressed and you fell back, then you missed a certain step. With her, she identified step four, right? So the idea is you messed up, uh, you need to do better, but when you do better, be mindful that you're going to be fighting to do better the rest of your life. Very trapping. We need to look at this very differently. We need to take a look and, and have this uh, more dynamic. These 12-step programs need to be more dynamic in terms of how, you know, they, they can't be generalized as much. And I know that takes a lot of work. But the idea is we can't have these programs that replicate the very patterns that have brought people into these programs. They need to feel power. They need to feel good without feeling guilty of it. They need to feel progress. They need to feel and understand that they are allowed to, right? Uh, Right now, the idea is, okay, you're not supposed to uh, step away because you'll never come back. You know what? Programs need to help people understand that you can step away uh, from all the stress and so forth, and that you're smart enough to go back to 12-step. You're st- smart enough to go back to support, um, and that is validating. That is showing ego strength versus you have to stay 
close to the 12-step program at all times because you don't have what's in you. Uh, you don't have within you what's required. So that's a little bit of a rant. Again, I'm a little bit on the softer side this morning, uh, pretty emotional. I think that we need to take another look at these 12-step programs. If you're doing a 12-step program, if you have somebody that's in a 12-step program, don't stop the 12-step program. Okay, The idea is, okay, keep going for it. You're doing something well. Succeed. These are good programs. Like I said, my dad wrote a program that's very successful. Great. That's all well and good. But we need to start taking a look at making some changes to these programs so that we can uh, give people an opportunity to overcome, give people an opportunity to to feel better. So I am Fred Riley. Thank you for listening to this rant. Please uh, find me online at gettingbacktolife.com or on Instagram at Riley Counseling.